okay, Kate, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. My question is, if you were in a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. is this going to be what will my talent be? Of course it is. Like, he doesn't have a question. I'm going to ask him what his talent would be. In a, in a, in yeah, a we're pageant. on the same page. Same page. Um, and then I started panicking uh, as we were pressing record because I was like, oh no, do I have one? <laughs> and while I have many talents, uh, one to display, I think would truly have to be the audience give me celebrity names and I Kevin Bacon them. <laughs> I I think that would be it. What about you? Uh, my talent would be probably like, I'd probably like train myself to be like a plate spinner. <laughs> you Oh, you'd like go into it ready. I'm thinking I, of what I could do if it were tomorrow. If it were tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about like if I had a little bit of time to figure it out. And I did a little bit of plate spinning plastic plates at summer camp back uh-huh. in the day. And I think plate spinning is just in itself so funny because <laughs> it's, I, it's like so manic <laughs> always <laughs> to keep all the plates spinning. And I feel like that's what I would want is just like to give a beauty pageant a lot of like bizarre manic energy while I'm trying to <laughs> keep my poise. Totally good. Yep. You know, be a little whirling dervish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think that we're ready to roll that theme song. Welcome to another episode of XO XO Riverdale. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much at us I doing what either. we've been doing. Yeah. For uh, seven I'm Lu- years. <laughs> I'm Lu- seven years. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Matter. This is your favorite Riverdale fan podcast hosted by two comedically adjacent people who uh, have been just doing this show. For the longest time and doing these Riverdale recaps. Uh, Today we're talking about chapter 132, Miss Teen Riverdale. But before we get to it, any big Riverdale fan news as we wrap up the series together that is important? Fan adjacent. Oh, and I just thought of a second one. But first one is fan adjacent is Dylan Sprouse got married and it seems lovely and we're really happy for him. We're thrilled for the good twin. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because Cole's the evil one. (laughs) Yeah. And on that note, he posted feet pictures today. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That (laughs) Cole posted like a like giant foot pic today. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope Mm -hmm. all the people that love feet are just super, super into that. I hope they're really excited about it. It'll certainly end up on. Foot, wiki feet. Wiki feet. That's what it's called. Yeah. I was going to call it Footpedia, <laughs> which actually is kind of a funnier name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pedia, pedi, like like pedi, like like Latin for foot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but I'm sure the foot fetish community wants to be taken more seriously than that. Yes. So. I'm sorry that I I I I made light of. I I'm that maybe that wasn't very sex positive of me. I think it was. I like to be light with, you know, my, like, 
sexual specifics. So yeah, but maybe I'm not, not about to does. scold you, but I'm not in that community. So yeah, I mean, if you are, write to us if I'm being inappropriate by saying it should yeah. be called foot PD. But don't like try and get us into it. I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we have our own. We have our own stuff. Uh, it's all good, but like we don't. We don't care. We're just not. No, no disrespect to anybody that's a foot fetishist. No disrespect. Good for you, not for me. Yeah, absolutely. Not. We're not trying to yuck your yum here. You know, it's fine. So, uh, I forgot to tell you, Kate. We actually had a real. I had a really nice interchange with a fan on Wikipedia. Hmm. Or on Wikipedia. Jeez, <laughs> okay. I'm still waking up. We're recording this a little earlier than we normally do. Uh, with a fan on um, Instagram. That makes more sense. Yeah, so her name is Ella. Shout out to Ella. And she just had some points about the episode previous to this one that I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about because she really went into like her opinions, which is awesome, and we really appreciate it. So first of all, she says, Hello, truly y'all have made Riverdale an experience I actually look forward to, if only to hear your takes, which is really nice. Very sweet. Yeah. Um, so she just finished the episode below. So this is the musical episode. Mm-hmm. Archie going left, Archie going right. Archie can't make up his mind. So she says she's loving the Betty and Veronica moment, but they've only kissed in the meta narrative, which is correct. Like they've only mm-hmm. kissed, you know, in a musical number. Right. So she feels like if they don't end up together in the show, it's homophobic uh what do you think what do you think about that um i think homophobic is very strong but certainly queer baiting yes yeah queer well queer baiting is is like a it, it, it's, it's a like deadly homophobia form of homophobia like, yeah, yeah it's a form of homophobia yeah it's for diet sure homophobia yeah uh she also didn't like their song neither did i right there with you yeah but she thought they were gorgeous but she preferred the sugar boppy let's all date archie song more Totally. At least the, it was a better song. <laughs> yeah. Was she the person who compared this to High School Musical 3? Yes. Yeah. Which I want to get into because I, I'm a f- fan of High School Musical 3. Personally, I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters as well. Yes. And I barely remember it. I mean, one, obviously, I know two gets memed a lot. Three is like really in the back of my mind. The but thing from- I remember about three is that they did a big musical number in a junkyard and it was really yeah. fun. That's what I remember about three. The main thing I remember about three is just that it felt really fun to see it in a theater. Mm-hmm. It was really fun to see a musical in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just felt like a depression era, big, crazy, like light, you know, escapist musical which i i really enjoyed yeah yeah i think sort of like barbie actually (laughs) oh my god i loved barbie i I really liked it too i i i yeah i really liked barbie i've been thinking about it a lot and i definitely want to see it again and i thought it was just a pretty fabulous movie overall Same. if there wasn't a smile actively on my face i was crying and i didn't wipe tears and look around and no one else was and i was like a barbie barbie movie party so everyone was like dressed up and i was like "Mm, like." well we're gonna talk about this now because it's our podcast and we can talk about whatever the fuck we want that's right and then we're gonna get back to everything you said ella because everything you said was really cool yeah (laughs) but i mean now we're on barbie so a few things about barbie that i in terms of the audience so i saw it on a friday night so Mm -hmm. technically on opening 
-hmm. there were all these people dressed up in yep. pink, which was so lovely to see Loved people it, yeah. dressed up in a movie. I haven't seen that in such a long time. And I thought the movie was so delightful. I was laughing out loud mm -hmm. at a, most of it. Most of the humor worked for me. I yep. thought some of the humor was some of the weakest st stuff in the movie was when it was trying to be funny, like here and there, which mm -hmm. is my only real criticism of it. Like I thought uh, Brandon and I, my partner and I were talking about this this morning. The sequences that were supposed to be funny with the Mattel executives mm -hmm. I thought were kind of the weakest were a little yeah. off tone with the rest of the film yeah that's my only that's my only real complaint which is really minor like whatever right. but I was laughing a lot the audience wasn't laughing which I thought I was interesting and when and when the title card came up I cheered and I and then everybody started cheering after me like I had to lead the cheer and I was Whoa. like aren't we all excited to see this and okay I, so yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm, ra I'm ranting now. No, so I went Thursday night to an Alamo movie party. Yes, the movie so, party. Like, yeah, We got berets and stickers and sunglasses and yeah. everyone was in pink. I had come from the office, so I was like business Barbie, but a pink shirt, you gotta. And right. everyone cheered on that. No one sang along, which was good because I fucking hate that shit. Um, no one sang along with... To like... Uh, I'm Ken, like any of the songs that were released. Because most of the songs were released ahead of time. Oh, sure. So they might have known it. Yeah, Right, yeah, and yeah. certainly everyone knew Push, but no one was yeah. singing because I truly believe that's the hardest I think anyone laughed, myself included, yeah. was the beat thing with Push. Oh, yeah. It, it was great. I, I was like, there may be, I don't think there were any, I mean, maybe there were, but straight men in that particular screening. But I was like, I feel like straight men might not get why this is the funniest thing in the world. Well, it's <laughs> I, I literally thought of you when that was happening in the in the movie, because we've had discussions before about the nightmare of a man sitting singing? down and singing at you. Yeah. And it's so funny because from a gay male perspective, mm -hmm. I think that would be just absolutely lovely. I but, plenty but the, of women but, agree with you. Well, I, plenty of women do agree with me, but that movie did remind me that the gender dynamics of that are very different when it's two straight people. <laughs> do you know what also, I mean? Also, yeah, when he set it up and said, I'm going to sing at you, like when he called that out, I was like, oh, hell yeah. This yeah, is... that was really fucking funny. There yeah. were a lot of really specific small things like the BBC Pride and Prejudice stuff where it was like, yes. this was this for the first time in a long time, it felt like a movie was written for women without trying to appeal to men at all. Absolutely. Yep. There was nothing in there for men except the concept of horses. And, <laughs> and it's killing. It's like the highest grossing movie in years. It's fucking killing. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me so happy. And yeah, I can't it, wait yeah. for Hollywood to take away all the wrong takeaways from the fact that it's doing so well. Yeah, they're going to so, try know, to do Barbie too in a heartbeat. Do you know that Mattel is making now like five other movies based on their properties? Oh, I'm sure. So Lena Dunham is doing a Polly Pocket movie. Okay. Yeah, and like Lena Dunham's great, so that's totally fine. Yeah, like, I'm sure I'm, like, be I a played fun with movie. Polly Pocket, but like I don't yeah. know what you're gonna do with that. Yeah, well, Polly There's... Pocket doesn't have the bre Lord. the resonance of Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they're making like a fucking Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Like okay. who cares? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know they're they're taking away all the wrong ideas, which is not certainly 
using the Barbie IP and using the, you know, the, the tropes of Barbie was mm -hmm. really great for this movie. So yeah, love that. But, you know, it, and it was a story that could have only been told about Barbie, which was right. what, one of the things that made it so smart. Like, it's not like it was sort of the Barbie characters transplanted onto like sort of a tropey, you know what I mean? Like yeah. story format. Like it really was about that specific character and what would happen if she became self-aware. You know what right. I mean? And that was so cool. Uh, but that being said, the takeaway is make big, big budget, fun Hollywood blockbustery summer movies that appeal to wide audiences and are smart and subversive not make more movies based on toys you know yeah, the takeaway from yeah. this is like give greta gerwig more money but yeah. the takeaway is going to be not that yeah totally absolutely yeah like oh this I was mean, also the first time i really loved a greta gerwig movie oh that's interesting i i liked barbie a lot i liked little women more little women oh, is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years it mm -hmm. i was really taken with it I just felt like the way that story was told, the performances, what it was saying in a broader context, uh, mm -hmm. sort of what it was saying about a bit being a bit of a template for ways to live authentically and live and live your life properly. I it really, really uh, touched me and resonated with me. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, total respect for this being your favorite Greta Gerwig movie. This movie fucking ruled. So it's totally yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, I think it's with me that like uh it while Barbie is, you know, an existing property and idea, it's less like not to say she didn't do a great adaptation with little women because it is hard to do good adaptations, but I think this like showcased her a lot more too. Yeah, I well I think it showcased uh I would say different things she was interested in doing with a movie. Like, mm -hmm. clearly, this is a filmmaker who's very in love with, you know, old Hollywood musicals, who's very in love with um, slapstick gags as well, mm -hmm. you know, and that was a side of her that was really cool to see. Awesome. Yeah, we yeah. haven't seen that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another little shout out to the Barbie, and then we'll get back to talking about Riverdale. But another little shout out to Barbie. I've been listening to the soundtrack the last few days uh -huh. and it's one of those really great old school soundtracks in that most of the songs on it either have to do with the plot of the film or have to do with just Barbie as a concept. Yeah. And th that hasn't happened for a while with the soundtrack it's and all the songs are great. And this is speaking from me. Who's like, I think a bit of a modern pop music, music curmudgeon you know as much as for i try to, to be open-minded so yeah i i love for it to be both not a musical there's a musical number for it to be not a musical and also not be like a heavily borrowed soundtrack is uh, yes. i can't think of the last time <laughs> yeah absolutely like, like not just every like a one of those songs soundtrack yeah was written for barbie that billy eilish song i was riding my scooter around listening to it yesterday and it almost made me cry <laughs> anyway I, yeah Ella, Ella did such great takes here. So let's get back. I realized I missed a few of them. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Julian is a kick-ass singer. And for once, someone has managed to make Archie sound good. Their little duet was a treat. That is true. I do mm -hmm. agree. Super fun. 
When Archie was singing his little choose song, I fully thought he was getting some urges for Juggy and Reggie, and I'm so disappointed that didn't occur. Uh, I mean, I think that is going to remain subtext very sadly for the rest mm -hmm. of the series, as much as I'd love to see Archie and Jughead kiss yeah. by the end of the series. Uh, uh, duh, 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 duh. Sorry. Yes, we already talked about feeling queer baited. Awesome, Ella. She mentions that as well. Archie sliding in and out with that soft not right now is so funny delightful. Truly our best moment. Earnest and kind of dumb Archie ever, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then she says, that final song was lovely and very well executed, but also quite funny with everyone's inclusion, like Julian. Julian isn't Kevin's friend and is actively homophobic, but he's part of the group hug. And then mm -hmm. Dilton, Big Dick Doily, is also just in there as well. And I agree with that. Like, we included you know, the cast, the main cast for this season of Riverdale, which certainly makes sense. But mm -hmm. that felt like a real series finale song for them all. to. We're be all in this together. Yeah, we're all. <laughs> we're all in this together. Um, and then Ella also says that Casey caught killed in this episode. I forget how good of an actor he is, but he's given literally anything to do. That's not insane. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Also, him and Clay were amazingly cute and tender in this episode, and it was delightful. I do agree with all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, but one thing, super, super, super fun, just want to say uh, <laughs> that uh, she disagreed with us about Next to Normal. She loved the whole Next to Normal. But that's good. Like, uh, you know, something I do want to say is I feel like we can be a little curmudgeonly here and there which is our job in certain ways, you know? Yeah. And in certain ways, I do feel you're often bad cop and I'm good cop. <laughs> Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to musical episodes. Yes, totally when it comes to musical episodes. But it's nice to hear that someone's been watching and really enjoying everything, you know? And we yeah. really appreciate all the feedback, Ella. And Like, I thought those were all really, really, really good points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So thank you. You know, and you can always, just anybody listening, you can always contact us on Instagram or Twitter. It's easy to find us on either of those and we'll respond as quickly as to the best of our ability. You know, sometimes your stuff gets pushed to spam, but I always look at the spam. I try my best. Anyway, thank you, Ella. Kudos to Ella. That was great. Let's get into the episode. Let's do it. Great. I okay. right away want to talk about Yes. Everyone's writing in their, like, dear whatever letters to Betty, and how in the world would Veronica's come off as anything anonymous? <laughs> like, how many teen businesswomen are there in Riverdale for her to be like, mm, I think this is anonymous? Yeah, definitely. It's also just, it's so interesting how this show, and this is a bit of, like, a soap opera trope, but pardon me, it is interesting how this show like lays down some little things that are totally underdeveloped and weird. Like this zine that Betty's running mm -hmm. and then they come back like three episodes later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and then my next question about this entire episode is, why would this local beauty pageant be on national television? 
I have no idea, Miss Grumpy Pants USA. Best insult of the show ever. Yeah. (laughs) I did like that name check on Edith Head wants to design me a gown. Do you know who Edith Head is? It's familiar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's cool. I'm I'm gonna talk a little bit about Edith Head. So Edith Head was a really, really fashionable Hollywood designer in the 50s who made a lot of clothing. I know for sure she worked on a lot of Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. And that sort of sleek look of a lot of those movies is due to Edith Head. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like really well re- recognized at the time for her costumes and films. And there's also a They Might Be Giants song called She Thinks She's Edith Head. Uh-huh. It's kind of fun. And last but certainly not least, the character of Edna Mode from uh, The Incredibles is yeah. based on Edith Head. So she's that That's type right, of yeah. woman. Kind of mm-hmm. fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like in the whole scene with Betty being against the beauty pageant and like Veronica and Cheryl wanting to do it was, I don't know if you'll agree with me, I felt like it did a good job setting Betty up as like kind of wrong. I wanted to address this as well. Only in that I think that the current version of what a beauty pageant is, Mm -hmm. is inherently pretty sexist and shitty for women. And Betty was right about that. And it did feel like the show was jumping through hoops to justify that they were doing a beauty pageant episode at all. Do you agree with that? (laughs) Yeah, but I also felt like when Cheryl was bringing up examples for Betty and Betty saying like, well, I chose that, I chose that, I chose that, as though these women were not choosing it as well. Like they were choosing to be in this pageant. Yes. And they understood the implications. And I think Betty was kind of taking that away from them. Acting yes. like, oh, do you not know people are going to look at you? And it's like, yeah, they know, Betty. They know. Yeah, like, we're smart enough to understand that. That yeah, is true, like definitely. fairly condescending in that scene. Yeah, and it does give them agency, which is good, yeah. which is, like, a positive thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I thought it was interesting that this was the first year the beauty pageant was uh, integrated, but that makes a lot of sense for the era of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it gave me some um, hairspray vibes, which I appreciated, you know, let's integrate this, uh, this TV show. I also felt like more patronizes. I felt like Fangs was patronizing to Midge about it. Like, once again, Midge knows what she's capable of. Midge knows her body better than Fangs. And I think this is much more realistic of the 50s as a man being like overly concerned for her womanly ways. But I felt like this episode was just loaded with people like not trusting women and it didn't dig into that enough. Uh, Yeah, okay. So, gonna just like sort of lightly disagree with something about that there in that I really liked, I actually thought this was a very well-written positive scene. Fangs came in with some sexist expectations or some Mm -hmm. some sexist sort of ideas. And then they had a like a very mutually respectful conversation about it where Mm -hmm. he admitted he was wrong and that he respects Midge and, you know, was like, yeah, you can do what you wish, Midge, you know, and I I, kind of think Fangs is like maybe the most healthy dude on the show right now in terms of like how sweet he is and like appropriate he is in his relationship to Midge. Yeah, one of I'd say in the history of the show as well. 
Yes, totally. <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it feels like this whole episode was like a mixed bag about autonomy that sure was sort of because also though yeah. this episode was like it had nothing to do with what's going on and it feels like it's going to be forgotten again immediately totally this is so uh, for the for the sixth final episode of riverdale they sure are spinning their wheels absolutely yeah. like the only real plot move that happened was that midge got put away to the sisters of quiet mercy but other than that, yeah, like like maybe something's going to happen with the fact that Ethel won. You know, like yeah. maybe this will empower Ethel in some kind of interesting way that will lead to the major mystery, which is that Principal Featherhead is sending milkmen to kill people. Like that's Yeah, totally it gave here. Alice some character development, but that'll go away. Yep, Alice, Alice up and down, you know. <laughs> Alice going left, Alice going right. Is Alice going to make up her mind? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thought it was funny. The shout out to Sarah Florence. The Florence, shout out to Sarah Florence. But also Smith heard- College. Yes. So Sarah Florence, we've heard from Sarah Florence College before. That's where Alice went in. Um, no, not where Alice went, where Mary went mm-hmm. in uh, in modern times in in Riverdale 23. But yeah, <laughs> and then also Guggenheim, you know, yeah. Guggenheim is mentioned in this episode, and it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, loved the shot. Just want to say there was some good s- stylishness in this episode. I love the shot that was from above of all of the women with the books on their heads walking in a circle, and they were yeah. a concentric circle. And then the camera sort of moved around. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, there's a shot like at the end of the episode that I thought was really good too. We'll uh, get to it when we get to oh, it. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, I also thought that Maid and Amchek um unleashed this episode. Like I made this was maybe her best episode of the entire series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she just was like really having a blast and having fun with all this shit that she mm-hmm. was doing. So that was great. Um then, you know, they were taking her to they were taking everybody to Oh, they use the term, I fucking love this. They use the term ambassadrix, which is correct. That's the mm-hmm. female version of ambassador. I love dricks at the end of words. One of my favorite movies is this movie from the 30s called Christopher Strong, who, which was directed by notable lesbian director Dorothy Arzner, who fucking ruled. And mm-hmm. in that movie, Catherine Hepburn plays an aviatrix. Uh, highly recommend Christopher Strong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, um, yeah. Go for it. Uh, the scene in the uh, in Mary's dress shop, we like just found out about that. Like, yeah, Mary's magic dress shop. Yeah, yeah. I felt like there was the line about how like maybe we'll see a woman president one day, and maybe a black president was like, "You're calling this out, and no one needs this." Like, we all know where we are. But it did make me sad. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've got bad news for these ladies, and yeah. I didn't need the downer in this episode like this. <laughs> yeah, it was. I felt it was a real, real downer. Absolutely, <laughs> real out of nowhere, just real tough. <laughs> Do you think so? We had Ethel's sad dream, mm-hmm. uh, which made me sad. I made a little sad face on my nose. Yeah. So. Do you think, okay, so we're getting to, we've been having some discussions about endgames here. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ethel and Juggy are going to be endgame for the series? 
I think they are. I don't know. But what I do think about this is that Shannon Purser was on Stranger Things. Yes. And Riverdale was like, we got to hone in on this. We got to make some money off this. And then like forgot for a while or like couldn't pin her down. And now, like, it's a little too late to run on the Stranger Things uh, train, but they're still trying, and that's why they're giving Ethel a lot. I'm wondering if maybe she had other jobs and they oh, couldn't yeah. get her for a lot of stuff, and that maybe they signed her up for a supporting this season and were able to, like, book her. And you know what I mean? That it was Yeah, like, but it's also, like, yeah. they're a little late on the train there 100% yes <laughs> absolutely but it is still a bit of a cachet to have her on this show yeah and she's good I like that oh, yeah, actress. she's great she's awesome yeah yeah, she's yeah it just cool. feels like they're kind of like floating around like uh we'll make Ethel big yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethel's like, a character now yeah, yeah and we're like okay I mean the only thing I feel just to go back to this dream sequence if her and Jughead don't end up together the dream sequence feels kind of mean Mm-hmm. that's all you know it feels sort of like we want to see that resolved in a positive way for that character like we like that character she's yeah. like, she's she's one of the big heroes of the season so yeah. we want to see her get her her wishes mm-hmm. yeah um and then you know so when midge is called out at the dress shop and then that leads to her having a quick chat with Alice and then that leads to her getting put away in the nunnery in the Sisters uh-huh. of Quiet Mercy and Ethel says near the end of the episode when she is able to get on the phone with Fangs it happened so fast thought that was really good writing uh-huh. and a great reminder of when your rights aren't codified into law how quickly they can be taken away without uh-huh. your ability to consent yeah you know uh and i thought that was one of the better sort of like more political moments of the show and it was dealt with in a character move that was had a lot of emotion behind it so i Mm -hmm. I just want to shout shout that out because i thought that entire progression this episode was really smart yeah yeah i would say that neither of them are a goon from saskatoon oh my god i thought that was the best insult that's ever been on the show that was, <laughs> it was so great that's another thing about this season is I, I i don't know how historically accurate all of the verbiage is but it's clear that they did a lot of research and then decided to have tons of fun with it mm-hmm. and i wish they'd been having this much fun with the verbiage through the entire series yeah because it certainly brightens up the show in a way that's really good for Riverdale. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Like, yeah, I've, it feels like if they'd been doing it all along, they may have gotten some like phrases to like kind of pick up in the zeitgeist in a way that would have been really good for the show. In in a similar way to I'm weird, I'm a weirdo, you know? Yeah, but they didn't, and now it's too late. Yes, like, well, well everything's too late. Not- that's what's so funny about this season is the season's actually fucking wonderful mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And it's too late that this yeah. is what they've decided to do with this final season in terms of, yeah, being culturally relevant. However, mm-hmm. it is nice to flip. And when people say to me, should I watch Riverdale? I can now say, 
watch season one, read a recap, and then watch season seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Veronica predicts the pill. That's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Just I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, they had two songs we didn't need. Yes, absolutely. Like a little bit of the like uh, take on she's beaten, she's great, she's Miss United States, but we didn't need the whole thing. Like it did not. Well, what song was that? That was like, what did he sing again? He sang there like three little. He sang some enchanted he's evening. The... Yeah, from South Pacific. Yes, I I wasn't into that choice. Um, I think they should have written a funny, cheesy beauty pageant song for him to sing. Yeah, like a there she is Miss America type song. Right. They were using that as that in place, but it just didn't hit. And then they did the whole song. Yes. And then they did while we're talking about the songs. Yeah. Then they did. Will will he love me as I am, which is from a musical that I saw when I was a teenager called Sideshow that was Mm -hmm. on Broadway very briefly. That was not good. No. Yeah. I don't know if you know about this show. It was about, it's a true story about these conjoined twins who Mm. sort of were joined kind of at the stomach and they were very beautiful and they were a sideshow attraction and they both married different men and, Mm. you know, they never lived apart from each other. Right. Their names were Daisy and Violet. And the, really the only good thing about that show is that song. Like that's a well-written like ballad song from a musical, but- Uh didn't make a lot of sense in that context and do you notice all the circus imagery in that song yeah I yeah, know, and that's like, because it's from this show that's set at a circus like yeah i know the yeah. show happened because like musicals would go on talk shows and we get commercials for them when i was a kid but totally. i totally like, yeah. never had a moment of like wow i can't wait to see that <laughs> oh yeah it wasn't good it came and went it was a yeah. sloppy i you know as a teenager seeing it i was like eh you know, yeah. there is very little about it that appealed to me. Um, but yeah, but the song, that song is a good song. It, but, you know, but it, it, it was a little weird in this context, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I thought, <laughs> just a few things. All the boys gathered in pops. Mm-hmm. I thought, A, that was adorable. Mm-hmm. And B, it felt like there is an enthusiasm coming off of all of the actors that maybe had a little bit to do with the fact that for that episode, they only had one shooting day and they are probably kind of having fun. <laughs> yeah. And they got you know to like, really mean, ramp it up. Like let's go big for like three takes and like get out of here. Absolutely. That is sort of how that whole sequence felt to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a way that's a criticism, but more like, it was nice to see all those boys having so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alice announcing Ethel, it was very clear to me, like, immediately that it was Ethel hadn't won. But I yes. couldn't tell if they were trying to go for Moonlight La La Land or that time Steve Harvey announced the wrong person. And it, But it felt like they were trying to go for the, make it seem like the goof when it wasn't a goof because they wanted to be like, oh, surprise, Alice is actually lovely. But like, (laughs) they didn't play their cards right. Yeah, I I do agree with that. That was a little bit of a sloppy moment that was like Mm -hmm. kind of very (laughs) Riverdale-y. Yeah. um, 
and then I did like the interchange between Alice and Betty and Betty being basically just to like paraphrase it, Betty being like, see mom, you're actually nice. And then Alice being like, Oh, we'll see about that. Betty. <laughs> like, yeah, that this was, was scene fun. With the shot. I really liked where Betty's like over Alice's shoulder and they kind of shift between focus on them. Yes. And then the scene like really kind of plummeted from there. Sure. <laughs> I did like Lily's delivery of I love you to her mother. It mm-hmm. felt like such a weapon. And mm-hmm. that was that was cool. Uh, and then back to the advice column, because why not? <laughs> to just bookend the show. Uh, the advice column that we didn't fully remember. <laughs> um, but did you notice that Ethel's numb de plume was Edith Cups, which is so funny and great. I just thought that was yeah. great. Yeah, you know, because her name yeah. is Ethel Muggs. Ethel Muggs yeah. And Edith Cups is a really funny one. And yeah. we got the return of Monica Posh. Yes. But once again, alongside how is Veronica Anonymous as a businesswoman, Edith Cups is like, someone's reading this and going like, oh, it's Ethel. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> absolutely. Well, here's a question mm-hmm. about Monica Posh. Mm-hmm. Is is she still Monica Posh if she's writing that letter but doesn't wear the blonde wig while she does it? That's a very good point. I know. Um, it, you know, does a Monica Posh fall in the woods if nobody yeah. hears her? <laughs> unclear. Unclear. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of all I have to for that episode. I don't feel yeah. it was the be- the best, but you know, there were some interesting moments. I thought we talked about the episode about as long as we talked about Barbie. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, Barbie was more interesting it as really was. he's. Yeah, we love Barbie. We love Barbie. Come on, come on, Betty. Let's go party. (laughs) Uh, Who's on your power list? Uh, I only have one person. Okay. Alice. I have Betty and Alice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's on your crush list? Midge. Yeah, she looked great. Yeah, thanks for being a nice boy. Yep. Uh, Veronica. That's lovely. On my crush list is Ethel. Great. I love her. Mm Mm-hmm. What's happening next week? What's the next episode here? Stag. Oh, yeah. I saw the preview for this. It has to do with them making some sort of, uh, you know, a bachelor party film. The type that your uncle might have in his basement. Yeah, a stag film. Yeah. Uh, Don't know how I'm going to feel about that, but they already did the whole... Remember the the whole tickle porn? Uh, oh my god! One? Right. I know you forgot, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was, tic- it was tickle porn, right? Isn't that what they did? It was, and it was yeah. a real in and out because they suddenly realized they were in and over their heads. And yeah, that it was not a good thing to have, have in the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks to our editor Angeli, you're the best, and our theme songwriter Louie, the other one. Yes, Louis, the other one. Oh no, my my Siri is going off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Siri, listeners. I apologize. Uh, thanks to everybody that's listening. <laughs> this is definitely. I mean, I say this every episode. This is the season where we're getting the most engagement, which rules. And Great. like, thank you for your kindness. You know, like Ella saying, "You're the reason I watch the show." Is I love your takes. That's insane. We're beyond flattered, you know, and especially (laughs) because 
really for about six years it felt like we were shouting into a void with this podcast Truly. it was a long time of knowing our moms were listening and by the way my mom doesn't listen anymore yeah i don't oh my mom does because yeah. all of a sudden i'll get like a string of texts from my mom yeah like once i know she's listened where she'll be like actually my parents slept in separate beds and i'll be like well i stand corrected mother yeah no yeah. not mine yeah uh, luckily, friend. I have a better relationship with my mom than Betty does with Alice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, luckily. Not not a high bar, but it's there. <laughs> anyway, thanks to everybody that's listening. Uh, I'm Louie Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. Uh, bye. <laughs>